This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! He now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping out the wrestler, the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip from the bits. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Now let's get it on the road. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd. And thank you for listening. SocialSuitsFlex.com. BWB, what's up? Welcome to the July 6th edition of One Nation Radio. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. Just um, starting to feel a little bit better after last week's uh, uh, six situation. So um, starting to turn the corner. So hopefully Josh won't take my job as the host <laughs> of One Nation Radio going forward. <laughs> Uh, my dog is back. He is in, he is in uh, damn near in full health. Uh, but first, before we get to the show, uh, we uh, I, I made an announcement in our Facebook group earlier uh, that we're going to be doing a live version of this show um, on weekends. Uh, we haven't determined you know the date yet, but what we're going to do is basically use the uh, Facebook Live audio. It's going to be for like uh, you know call-in shows, special you know shows that we wouldn't release as as full podcasts, and it'll be a little bit more free-flowing and you know whatever. Like I don't know how you get much more free-flowing than what we already do, but <laughs> you're going to get a. Uh, uh, a couple other things uh, on that. So look out, One Nation Live coming sooner than you think. Uh, what else we got? We got the uh, WWE Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view um, coming up. And James, Great Balls of Fire, it was, you know, the, the name got out uh, a couple months ago. We laughed and everything else. And what do we think? Before too, yeah. And what do we think now of the, of this thing? <laughs> I mean, you, it's sort of a weird part to where we would look back at you know, like some of the in your houses and think of some of the names and be like, yeah, that's kind of hokey or whatever. And you, you think they're like, okay, we're past the part of like everything being like a gigantic pun and everything's a joke and everything's a gigantic gimmick. And you know, if if you want to go back right back to the right back to scrambling and, and making fun of yourself, um, I think going to like twenty four pay per views in a year will do that for you. You just stretch so thin, right? I, you know, and they wanted fresh names. I mean, they could have easily pulled out a Armageddon or whatever else, but it's where we're at. Yeah, uh, apparently Vince McMahon uh, is out there listening to Jerry Lee Lewis on on loop, walking around backstage <laughs> and doing all those things. But uh, right, looking I at the question, yeah. I, got, I have a question. Do you think it's like a is, is how weird it is that like this card is like a legitimate pay per view, but it has such a wacky name? Do you think that's just weird? You think we're gonna look at that look back in history and be like, this is weird? Yes, this is very weird. 
if, okay. if we're looking at it on paper, this could be the WWE show of the year, depending on how SummerSlam shakes out. Uh, there are eight matches booked for the card. It looks like the Neville match got bumped to the pre-show, which I'm kind of disappointed yeah. about. Uh, but, you know, they weren't going to put Enzo and Cass there because they just had the big turn and everything like that. But um, I, I'm looking at the poster, and it's kind of like an old-school feel. It's just two faces on there. It's Brock and it's Samoa Joe in the main event. Now, I wrote a, uh, a piece about it. I felt like this has been a masterpiece on Samoa Joe's end. Uh, so let's start there. Brock Lesnar versus Samoa Joe for the WWE Universal Championship. James, what are you expecting with, with this match? I am cautiously optimistic about this match. I think that this will actually be one of those, like, you know, a few years ago, we used to get those great Lesnar matches where it's just like the violent, like the violence is unpredictable. There's nothing story like he goes and ends the match by you know gashing Randy Orton's head wide open with his forearm. Right. But like, I think we might be back to that point. And if we are, then like we're back on track. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know me before Brock came back in 2012. I, you know, I, I just like, oh, this is a gigantic dude. This is like WWE's version of Goldberg. And you told me you're like no, James, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> and then I see, and then I see the Extreme Rules match with Cena, and I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, the only thing and they then, had in common was they big, they white, and they wear black. So <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> but I thought that I thought they were both good as they're both just gigantic, unstoppable monsters or whatever. Right. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see Lesnar. So like I, I, like you see Lesnar, and then you see that he's built like this, like he's built like a monster. And you don't watch it like, well, I'm assuming like. He's basically just a guy, a gigantic dude in black tights that like kicks everybody's ass, like Goldberg did. Except you know, um, but I didn't realize he was you know an a, a stud of a worker. You know, I didn't know that. Um, but but um, back to lecture at hand is just I I I I've been I was thoroughly so impressed with Brian Lesnar as a character. Until we got to survive or SummerSlam 2014, and then like things completely changed. Like he he beat the streak, he beat the Undertaker, and then came to I guess if lack of a better word, the Suplex City era of his career, where just like I'm gonna dump you on your neck and your head and your shoulders like ten like a dozen times in a match. I'm standing over you, and we'll try to make a story out of that. You know, hopefully we'll get more of a of a of a. I mean, obviously that might be too hard for Bart for me to say, but like, hopefully we get something similar to maybe without the so many shenanigans, but like Heyman, but like the SummerSlam match we got between CM Punk and and Brock Lesnar, where you know they're trading off MMA holes or whatever, and there's just so much violence and and there, you know. Like, hopefully we get something similar to that. Like, one of those great Lesnar matches. Cause, you know, Real honestly, division. like, and for WWE, like, there's really nothing that really tops a great Lesnar match. <clears throat> yeah, when, when when it's great, it's great uh, with that dude. He... Because you, cause you actually, like, forget that it's a work at times. Like, you literally he... fall into it. Like, oh my god, he might actually bust his dude's head wide open. Oh, what do you know? He actually did bust his dude's head wide open. <laughs> um, I think I, I wrote in my column, I was like, you know, the best case scenario for this is SummerSlam 2013 meets WrestleMania 31 uh, with him and Joe. 
uh, leaning more towards that WrestleMania 31 side where it's about 15 minutes long. These guys throw everything at each other and you go from there. Uh, Samoa Joe has been booked to look like not only Lesnar's equal, but looks like Brock's like on a run. He wants no parts of this guy. Like, you know, he's, he's cocky Brock Lesnar, but he's like an overconfident champion going in there with a dude with nothing to lose in Samoa Joe. Yeah. Alvarez made a, 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 or I can't remember what Shaw's listening to, but I, I, like I mentioned on the, on the podcast last week with Josh, like to me, if you were looking at it and you say like, if there were to be a heel in this, in this entire situation, it would be Samoa Joe. But now looking where they, what they did with the, um, they, the separate the separate rooms and the, and the arena backstage promo. Mm-hmm. It looks like the position where like they're actually like two legitimate real people, and they're actually selling a fight. They're selling like a real fight based on personality as opposed to the, the typical hill face dynamic right. that typically comes out of American wrestling. But and I, I mean I don't I don't really know what to make of it. I mean, but I will say that it's been so good that ultimately I probably won't care. But it is sort of weird that like. In the last week, they sort of they sort of strayed to, you know, the shades of gray that they always like to talk about but never actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I'd be interested to see what other people th- have thought about it as where they, where they've gone over or where they are now, getting leading into the weekend. Right. Um, I they. <sighs> I'm going to go with Lesnar winning uh, just because I feel like WWE has other plans, but you never know. We could be ripe for a dusty finish where they have to extend it out to SummerSlam and it turns into a three-way somehow with either Reigns or Strowman. I'm leaning towards Reigns uh, in a SummerSlam main event of Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe, and Roman Reigns. That would be that would be okay. my the way I'd book it. My question would be, if they move, if they pivot towards a triple threat match of any sort, what would the odd person out end up being doing? Meaning, like either Strowman or Roman, what would that person end up doing at SummerSlam? Well, on um, so say Strowman's the odd man out. I mean, you can right. you can always flip him to a Seth Rollins, you know, and say, hey, go out there and fight Braun Strowman, you know, this month. You could. Uh, like drop every drop everything with Bray and then when we move straight to Strowman. Correct. That would that would that might be the way I go with that. Or you know you could bring in Finn Balor and have him fight Braun Strowman and whatever. You know they, they've got a couple guys uh, lined up over there. Are we guaranteed to get? Um, you think we're guaranteed to get Cena versus Rusev at SummerSlam? No, I think it's a whole. So over. I can't, so why can't it be Strowman Cena? It could be Strowman Cena because that the, the whole free agent thing. It could also be Rain Cena, but um, I don't think they want to say that for WrestleMania, right? And Strowman Cena, like I don't, I don't see that yet. Even though they could, you know, you never know. But um, they, uh, <laughs> speaking of Strowman, uh, he's wrestling Roman Reigns in an ambulance match. Um, these two guys have been going at it off and on pretty much since the end of last year. Um, 
they had a awesome match at Fastlane. They had another awesome match at Payback. And then now this is kind of the end of the road for them uh, in this ambulance match. These two get as physical as anybody in the company. And they, I feel like the top two matches on this show is, are really strong uh, for normal WWE standards. Um, yeah, this could have been SummerSlam. Yeah, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman has been much better than it would have been in 2015 uh, or 2016. Uh, and I think it's a good point to leave off you know, with on this, you know, few because you can always put these two back together in the future just because, like, the aesthetic of them going at it always works. Um, what, what do you, what have you made of this whole thing, James? I think they've done, like, as well a job as you can with two dudes that you never want to actually hand the mic to for an extended period of time. Like, so, like, for being able to create this, but I mean, granted, you know, they, t- they kept, or Braun was off TV for a while, so it's only been, I think he's only been back for what, I think this was the third episode back. But I think in a three-week build, they did pretty damn pretty damn well for themselves in reestablishing Brock as being, or not Brock, but um, Braun as being, a, you know, the gigantic monster um, and the danger that, you know, follows, and the destruction that follows around his path. So, I, I mean, I give them, you know, for, especially for, the Brock angle, but this one as well for a secondary angle for pay-per-view, my hat's off to him. I mean, I know, like, you know, we don't really... I guess maybe, maybe it's because of the stuff I read, but, like, looking at, like, Durant's and, and, and Dave stuff, Dave Finishell stuff, but it's almost like... I almost feel weird where, like... Like... And then when you compare that with Simon, it's like, I feel like we tend to be somewhere, like, towards the middle... And then, like they're just the they're the extreme ends of both of the spectrum. So for a while, like, I thought I was like the extremist, but I don't know. I'm, I I think I'm mellowing mellowing out a little bit as far. But I I know what I don't like. I'll tell you that. Like you know, I don't I don't like to see AJ Styles and Nakamura and all those guys right, get fucked. Right, like right. y'all fuck them. I'm gonna go ahead and unleash this four minute rant on you. But <laughs> um, like I, I I feel like I'm pretty accepting of, of Roman Reigns at this point. You know, I was I was an early advocate of Reigns, so I always want to see him do well. But it just never like I, I can't look at it and turn my brain off and say that it's working like it's right you know right. you know he's he's beloved you know different stuff like that but um but what i what what i will say is even though those two like like we've talked about and praised them i will say that it is sort of weird that we have this pay-per-view on hand and like there are ma- like literally like these matches like the matches I'm like excited to actually want to see right like I want to see or I want to see Neville and Tazawa just because I want to see the matchup but like not most people probably won't right but right. Lesnar versus Joe definitely Strowman versus Reigns definitely people want to see Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss even though they like just snuck into that out of no you know just based on matches not even like promo 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 um, Seth versus Seth versus Bray just because of morbid curiosity um enzo did such a damn good job to you know we have to talk to about warrant his slot even though you know how this match is going to turn out and you know how good the match ain't going to be but what that besides besides the point and then you see that you all of a sudden you're like oh we got a iron a 30-man iron man tag match like that this match looked like you know like you have stuff that you want to see and be entertained by it's just 
it just for me it was sort of weird to look at the go home show uh, on Monday and just think, wow, they have this kind of card, but like, why? So why did this raw like feel so terrible, like so awful to watch? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like they just like it was like they did a great job building this pay per view for me to want to watch, but I had but I hadn't. I felt like so terrible watching raw. It's weird. Yeah, um, they they've they've been getting into that habit on some of their go home shows uh, as of late, where it's like they just mail it in, and the, it's it's kind of like the end of uh, you watch Breaking Bad. It's like the second to last you know episode is always like the best episode. one. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, it, it's almost like they sort of did build this like they build WrestleMania where like the go home shows WrestleMania is they are notoriously underwhelming. Yeah. Like, they normally, like, shoot the best stuff to, like, 13 days out from, or, you know, 13 days as opposed to six, which is weird. So let's get to, uh, uh, we'll, go, we'll go to Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt next. Bray Wyatt, you've been figured out. Everyone knows you are a fraud. Everyone knows that when it comes to pay-per-view, you are not the dude. You're just not, you know, in the ring all your feuds end up the same. You're rambling. And why the fuck was he walking through the <laughs> desert on Monday night, James? Like, my stream had, like, cut out while he was doing this. Actually, no, it didn't cut out yet. I just had it on mute, and I was just watching him walk through the screen because I was working on a beat or something. But I'm like, I imagine that he's saying bullshit. The thing that was weird for me was they're in Arizona. I think it was, like, I think, yeah, they're in Phoenix. And I think... At the time when he cut the promo, like I think it was past the nine o'clock hour. <clears throat> it might have been like it was somewhere. like ten. I think it was in the second hour somewhere. It was. I want to say it was around ten. Around ten. So I was in the second hour. So that means at the earliest, like the sun is is falling. So they cut the <laughs> promo where like it's clearly high noon. It, it looks like he's about to go do a. It's like he's about to take five, or ten paces and turn turn and, and sling the shot. Or, or uh, I'm sorry, take ten paces and turn around and and. and in uh in draw against John Wayne. Yes. So I'm like, I don't understand what the fuck's going on here. Um but, you know, is is the Bray Wyatt Mumbo Jumbo and time and space don't matter apparently. Just like the the House of Horrors match where it was pitch fucking dark and then like in California it was or cause they were in I think San Jose that night. Yeah. It was still the sun was still up when that match happened. Or it was still daylight. It was still, it was, they asked us to do like, too much, man. Bray Wyatt rules. Yeah, like nothing, nothing. Like they don't ever pay attention to details when they when he does his stuff. Bro, has, has the Dungeon of Doom ever been worse than Bray Wyatt? Yes. Like Bray Wyatt has his moments, and he's still ultimately like he's very good. It's just like they write for him such bullshit. <laughs> you know what I'm like he's like the great. Like to me, he's like the great actor. That's in a bad, bad, or in a, in a bad movie. And the movie There's never like, ends. Like, <laughs> just perpetual scenes over and over. Um, I, um, yeah, him and I, Rollins. One thing, one thing I do remember him saying during his promo was that he said that he is every, like, yo, he says, um, I can't be seen, but I'm always felt. That's what he said. Someone lines up. I can't be seen, but I'm always fun. I said to myself, "Wow, this this nigga thinks that he's like he's the win now. He's literally the win." 
Oh man, he can't be seen, so he's stealing John Cena's gimmick too. Apparently, it it was something along those lines. I might have, I might have, but it was basically like it was, it was like he's a riddle, like like a Chinese. It was like a, it was literally like a riddle, and I was like, the answer is the is is the win. That's 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 what that is. Unbelievable. Um, he's wrestling against Seth Rollins. Personally, I'm just ready for Seth Rollins to stop sucking up to the crowd like a chump. Like a sucker, and let let's let's see that Seth Rollins that's hell bent on like proving that he's the best. Like, where's that dude at? You know. Well, he can't because like he can't even do that because like they have him in like the the third feud. Like he's not like he's not fighting the big bad. He's not even in the title picture. Like so, like he's like right now, Seth Rollins is like he's basically he's like a top level. I don't, it feels weird to say, but he's like a mid carter almost. I mean, you could you could um, move Seth Rollins into fighting for the, like the Intercontinental Title at SummerSlam. Like he never held that belt before, right? They could, but that's not what they're doing. Like another person that's also like, it feels weird to say this, but they really are given where they are uh, on the card. Like Finn Balor's a mid carter. Yeah, Finn Balor's not on the card. Oh, he's not fighting uh, a drifter. They, yep, they didn't. They didn't end up going through with it. So it might actually be better for him not to be on the card than rather to be there in, in a short match and well, maybe get, get jobbed on time. Maybe that's maybe that's where they maybe that's where they end up going. Like for SummerSlam, like the rematch. Joe loses. Joe takes it out on on, on Finn. It gives both of those guys somebody familiar that they've already feuded, that they've already feuded with on NXT, mm-hmm. and then they can go from there, and you know, and do the thing. Maybe that's where they go. Yeah, I, I get some gold back around Rollins' ways because he's just kind of wandering uh, right now, and him and Bray Wyatt, it'll be a match, whatever. Uh, Rollins wins. Um, We've got the tag team uh, match. It's the 30-minute Ironman match for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Cesaro and Sheamus against the Hardy Boys. This will be very interesting because WWE has been no, has been protecting the Hardys so much uh, over this you know whole period where they have not been pinned the whole time. Um, I'm interested to see how many pinfalls that are actually going to be pulled off or what kind of, you know, decisions are going to be, you know, happening in here. We're, I feel like we're going to see some disqualifications. Do you see them protecting the Hardy Boys, you know, to that extent? Or, uh, or is the Iron Man match going to basically start them, you know, taking falls and whatnot? I think they're going to catch these L's. And I think, you know... I think they go from there. Like, I think this make a break for them. Either they lose and they turn into a nostalgia act, like a better version of the Dudleys, a better version of Dudleys ever had because they actually get pops. <laughs> or, or you know, maybe they tra- – I mean, I, I've heard some talk about, like, they're getting really close to getting the broken character, so maybe that's the transition where, like, if they're going to turn to the broken thing, they can afford to beat the, the Hardys. Right. Um – Cesaro and Sheamus, I think they've come together very well, a lot better than I thought uh, they would, uh, you know, just because I'm sick of seeing Cesaro in tag teams at this point. I mean, it's like the ultimate tag team specialist. It seems like he saves every partner's career, but, you know, 
I want to see Cesaro as the Intercontinental Champion. I want to see Cesaro getting a shot at Lesnar, like different stuff like that. So, you know, once again, he's kind of stuck, you know, in this, you know, tag thing. But it's not the worst thing in the world because Sheamus is a former world champ. You know, the Hardy Boys is a top act. So, we'll see. Uh, It was so weird to see Cesaro's match with, with or not Neville, but with Finn Balor. Mm Mm-hmm. And like to see how good the match was when they're like there's so much other crazy stuff that's going on around the match that's like take that's meant to take away from the match because they have to get they they basically have to shoehorn all this stuff in together to make it work like they have to throw in the drifter a drifter run in they have to throw in um they have to throw in the uh, the Cesaro the Iron Man match stuff so they have to show them tussling in as well and they also have to give Cesaro an L to, to put Balor over. And it's and it was like all that stuff happened. They still had such a such a fun match to watch. And it's like, why can't these dudes just like go on pay per view and, and tear the house down? Why don't you just let them do that as opposed to have as, as opposed to like? And granted, I'm I'm pretty sure that like I'm going to enjoy that tag mat, that tag Iron Man match. Um, but it was it was like. Why can't you just let them just tear the house down? Like you can get that, you can add that stuff in some other way, or have a have somebody running at the end and screw the finish or whatever. I don't know. Right. It, it was just it was just sort of weird to me. And uh, I mean, honestly, I think that was like the only really good match that was even on Raw um, this week. Yeah, I can't. Like, everything else too was just like, more. yeah, like. Um, it was like Seth Rollins squashing uh, Buddy for the second week in a row, squ- squashing Hodges for the second week in a row. Um, it, it was Paul just a weird, like, a lot of, there. you know, a lot of the go show was a bunch of promo work, a bunch of promo work. Um, what else we have? Uh, we have Enzo Amore and Big Cass. Uh, Enzo Amore cut an absolute superstar promo, then he started talking about Tupac. And he lost me right there. Um, it was like 95% of it I thought was like awesome. Like about as good as you can do uh, when everyone's kind of feeling like, hey, your career is at a crossroads, bro. Like <laughs> like he came out there and I th- think he hit a home run. But then like Carl Crawford was like way back there and like pulled it back in. Like when he started getting, you know, when he brought the music back and stopped it and was like, yeah, you know, this is about this thug life or pretty much essentially like or about this life and started showing his tattoos and I'm like he just don't know when to quit just back away from the stove bro yeah man the fake the the fake uh teardrop and then like he also got enough like you know he has like the life part of of thug life tatted on him correct like he doesn't have the thug part he has a life part that also in fake ink there was something else added to it like, like, I don't know. It was like I don't know what's going on with him right now. But like, he cut a really good, he, he cut a, a great promo. Um, at least they gave him somewhere. Like, they actually made you, I guess, like made you body. He's not a coward when he uh, jumped on um, Kaz backstage. Yeah, like he's gonna get killed. Yeah, but at least they didn't. At least they didn't make him like he like. Oh, he's a he's an idiot, or, or that, oh, he's a coward. And he's also gonna get whooped, and he got turned on. They gave him at least one thing. Like it ain't much, but they gave him at least some. Yeah, uh, I don't really have too much more on that one. But uh, yeah. Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship, and this like Cass, title cast under cast in under a hundred seconds. <laughs> wow. Oh, <laughs> uh, you could be right. Uh, 
as I was saying, Alexa Bliss defends the Raw Women's Championship against Alexa Bliss, and I feel like the Raw Women's Championship can't come back to Sasha Banks soon enough. Uh, I've totally forgotten about the Raw Women's Championship ever since Bayley lost it. Uh, it just has felt like the division has not been, you know, focused. It's not been focused on the title. I've enjoyed SmackDown's women much more in comparison. Um, are you since you the agree- brand split has been the case? Right. Uh, are you in agreement with me on this, James? Um. Well, it's a little different for me because I was gone uh, for for the whole NBA playoffs situation, so I've right. only watched three weeks of it. But it seems to me like there's a clear tier of three people that matter in the, in the division and now and then, like, I guess Bailey was supposed to be a fourth, but she basically goes down to the in, to the bottom of the barrel with, like, the, with the rest of that group, like Emma and... Uh, Dana. Yeah, Emma and Dana and, uh, oh, and Mickey James. So... I mean, we'll see. Like, I feel like, you know, for some reason, I don't think there will be actually be a title change at this pay-per-view, but we'll see. Um, I have hope for the match to be good. We all Sasha's hope in it. Yeah, we have. Sasha's we, awesome. Yeah, hopefully um, Sasha can, can figure something out, you know, the wrestling genius that she is. So... <laughs> it, it is going to be one... It is one of those weird situations where, like, Maybe not the maybe she's not the the biggest uh, contestant in the match, but like she's clearly taller than than Alexa. Like I don't know about the weight situation, but uh, she like she's clear she's noticeably taller than Alexa, which is going to be interesting for Sasha because she's always the smaller person. Yeah, and I mean mo- most of her matches are about her be- ragdolling and splatting around the bump. Like it's going to be you know, I don't think it be big bumps and all the other stuff like. Like it has been in her great matches. So, are you saying that Alexa Bliss is going to have to come up with some believable offense against her? Maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I've. Well, like I would say, this is probably her best opportunity to have a to have a really good match that she's ever that she's probably ever had in the in the company because so many of her matches have been based on. Her, we're going to have Mickey James come back as a heel for no fucking reason in a cage <laughs> match. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's always something wacky at the end. Like, in a weird way, she's almost like the female Bray Wyatt. That's funny. Like, some of these things that happen, like, it's not even, except, okay, a lot of the stuff that happens with Bray Wyatt is based on the fact he has that wacky-ass character. Like, I understand Alexa is a cosplayer or whatever, but she's not necessarily a wacky character. Like, she's just a petulant twerp. Yeah. So... Like the stuff she gets herself into with these finishes are so end up being so wacky when it's like, well, how do I understand she's a heel and you have to come up with some way for her to win, but like does it have to be always like Foolish. bullshit? Like she can't just like she can't pull the tights. Like you know what I mean? Like she can't like she can't like sneak the win for on a thumb to the eye at the end of a match or something like that. Like it has to be some type of run in or some type of like new you know, it always has to be something weird. Right. Um, let's see. Last match that we have on the card, uh well we're gonna talk about Neville too. Uh the Miz against Dean Ambrose. Now I thought they had a phenomenal match at Extreme Rules. Was really impressed by those guys. They're running it back with it seems like the ninetieth time. Um 
hopefully this is it um, with these guys. What do you make of the uh, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel addition to the Miztourage? I mean, I guess it's cool to give, you know, I guess I can't be too far against it because, like, one thing I, I like about, one thing that I like so much about SmackDown is, like, they're almost like the two-hour NXT is that, like, there's no such thing as an unused part. Like, mm-hmm. if you're on the roster, they're going to, like, give you some time to do something at least, at least to give you some time, and it's not going to be, it's not going to feel like, Oh my god! They just put them on TV just to put them on TV. Like it, it's not going to feel like, for example, any like when they put our truth on TV like the last two years. Mm-hmm. Like it, it feels like. So I, I, I guess it can't. I guess I can't really say like God. Why are these guys here? Like at least it gives some type of uh, variation to the Miz formula. So. I, I mean, it hasn't been bad. It's been it's been just my like, has been just as good as it's always been. So like, at least it gives a a, a, a breath of fresh air as opposed to they have a match. Maurice interferes. He's still champion. Move on. Like at Maurice least it'd be like, somebody, somebody else can help him cheat. You right. know what I mean? Right. Uh, Dean Ambrose, like if he loses this, I feel like he needs to just go ahead and lose and leave the title picture. And you know, you get Rollins in there, or you get Finn Balor going for the IC title. One of one of those uh, deals, and you start trying to figure out what you got with Dean Ambrose. You can either you shove him, turn him heel. Yeah, it, 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 that time. It, it was time to either shove him back up the card and, and see what you can do with him, like in a main event role again uh, at, at some point after SummerSlam, but. Uh, the other I was going to say, like you said, turn him heel. It's time. It's time for the villainous Dean Ambrose to be unleashed. And I have a feeling that the second he turns, he's going to become the hottest guy on Raw. Yeah, because they, can you know what they do when people when they have heels that they think that they they can do something with? They actually like heat them up. Yeah. As opposed to like, oh, you're the new baby face, and you make you wishy washy, and you say like, oh, you just want, oh, you just won the woman's title for the first time, you know, you won on some, you know, you know, won because of your friend helping you, right? And you say, you know, I know I should give the title back, but hell no, or, <laughs> hell or, no, or, or they don't have you, you know, like come back from a massive injury. Come back again, get hurt again, come back again, and then the crowd pops heavy for you, and then you get buried and get your fucking leg uh, smashed in by by a crutch, and then the only thing you get is like you holding on for dear life, fighting off Triple H with a crutch until you get to WrestleMania, like you know what I'm saying over a span of six months, like they don't give you just morsels and morsels and morsels. Nah, man. Like when you heal, they turn you into the modern day Maharaja. You know, <sighs> they give you they give you two geeks to bump for you. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh! Like they, like when you're a heel, they just give you stuff to make you better, to make you hotter in these streets. Like they don't do that for for, for baby you know, face. Baby face, they they can't figure out how to make us love nobody. Like if they love you, we gonna put you in a dark match. You know, you know what the dark match was for SmackDown this week, James? Huh. John Cena and Shinsuke Nakamura against Rusev and Baron Corbin. Why couldn't that be on TV, James? Hey, tell me why Nakamura is out here no, not selling uh, shots to the back from suitcases. Tell me how you know selling shots for suitcases. Bro, suitcase ain't nothing, man. That man wrestled strong style for all them years. <laughs> suitcase ain't nothing, bro. 
Um, uh, in the words, in the look, in the words of Dick Murdoch, you know the but a filthy kayfaber. Yeah. Um, Neville and Akira Tozawa got pushed to the pre-show, and this is going to be one of the pre-show matches that I actually tune in for because I've been wanting to see these guys go at it for a while. Um, Neville has been. An absolute revelation, as I feel like we say every month in the Cruiserweight yeah. division. Uh, it looks like he's got three new opponents on his deck. You know, there's Mustafa Ali, and then there's Akira Tozawa and, you know, Cedric Alexander. And it looks like this is, like, the first pay-per-view match of, you know, that type of thing. We know what Tozawa can do based on his match with Metalik and the CWC. These guys, I believe, were both in Dragon Gate at one point together. So... If these guys are allowed to go out there with no restrictions, we could see something special, I feel like. Like, regardless of whatever happens, I know they're going to have a solid, a, a super-duper solid match, um, and the match is going to get over by the end of it because that's how all of these Neville matches go, even when he's on 205 Live, even while they're out here continuing to do um, Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. <laughs> Forever. And, and, uh, yeah, uh, that's been going on since the, since the fucking inaugural episode of 205 Live but, but like even like Neville comes out he fights the flavor of the week and he gets over just like the Mustafa Ali match like the crowd could not have given up uh, could not have cared less and by the end of the match like the crowd had actually got into the match like he he's like he's that good of a wrestler um, like honestly I don't even remember but when we did the uh, the Bret Hart, um, like out of best of thir- you know 10, 10, 10, 10 out of thirty, I remember what we gave him for in ring skills. But like, like I, I feel like we only gave like five guys a ten. Like we gave like Cena a ten, AJ Styles a ten, Seth Rollins a ten, Sami Zayn a ten, and like Cesaro a ten. Like we gave Neville, we gave Neville fix that. We gave Neville a nine point five. All right, we need to go back and give him a 10 now. So, in that case, he's a 28.5. No, <laughs> was awesome. He's the wrestler of the year so far. Yeah, we got to – he's a contender. Uh, I'm not going to go that far just because of, like, I feel like he needs to break out of the, the division at some point. I agree. But what I will say is this. Nobody on a consistent basis on television has produced consistently – He's a powerful power wrestler of the year. And cranks them out on TV. Nobody, nobody's even close this year. Like TV wrestler of the like, year, like different stuff like that. Like yeah, like AJ for example. Like they they haven't let AJ really wrestle on TV like that unless it's like battle royals and weird stuff. <sighs> Especially after he lost the title. Yeah. <sighs> Just get if you like want to get me like, get me pissed. Like start talking he, about what AJ Styles has done this year in 2017. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like the match, he, like the match AJ had this week with 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 Gable was awesome, but like it was one of those matches where it's like it was similar to the Shawn Michaels and uh, Sheldon Benjamin match where it's like he spot he's highlighting this guy and he get and he's a young rook and he takes him lightly and then the dude like actually shows his ass in a match but then he beats back the end and then he shows some props like damn you're gonna be good. You're gonna be good. You gonna be good, boy. Like, yeah. Like, bro, yeah, that shit was, was so over. hilarious, bro. Now that you that you bring that up, you gonna be good, boy. Yeah. Look, oh man. Mark Henry had that vision. He did. He knew. He did have the vision. Neville, you're gonna be good, boy. Yes. Oh man. And now everybody funny. has to do what? Bend the Bend knee. Bend the knee. 
You always have to bend the knee. Um, the next thing I want to talk about now that we've uh, finished our preview for Great Balls of Fire was the best thing on WWE television this week. Unquestionably, the rap battle between the Usos and the New Day, uh, hosted by our good buddy, friend of the show, Wale, who you hear in the intro. Um, James, when, now, when I heard it was going to be a rap battle last week, full disclosure, people, if you don't know by now, I'm a hip-hop artist, have been for a long time, going to continue to be for a long time. I had terribly low expectations of this. Um, I wrote a, ended up writing a piece, Lattice Lariat, um, my column series uh, on it. It was Wale, New Day, and the Usos do it for the culture. And by the culture, I mean like, you know, hip hop and battling and all that stuff. I thought it would be Biggie would be pretty clever just because he's always clever. Xavier Woods is a smart guy. He figured something out. Didn't expect much of Kofi and the Usos. I was like, they could be good, but we'll see. I was blown away. <laughs> what did you think of this, James? Um, I thought that this was something where, you know how they always say, you know, grab or Vince, uh, for example, the Vince in the podcast he did after a raw with Austin, right? Yeah. He made some up, you know, millennials. They don't grab the brass ring. They don't try hard enough. Like, and then talks talks bad about like Cesaro and, and Dean Ambrose, for example, or whatever else. Mm-hmm. See, for me, this is one of those. I am going to. To me, this seems like something that they would never think of doing. So this is something that you kind of have to like pound on the table to get done, and then like, all right, fine. Like you sold so much merchandise for us, we've letting you do a lot of stuff that we don't like. We see the promos you write beforehand, and we don't even know what half of this shit even means, or, or four, what sixty percent of this stuff even means. And we let you go out there, and the crowd pops to it, internet pops to it, and. The crowds, you know, even when you cut a bad promo from time to time, the crowd still rocks with you in the next week every time because you've built, you've built a reputation for yourself. So we'll let you go out here and, you know, put some of that equity to use. So I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought that this could have been disastrous. This could have been cringeworthy. This could have been, I could have been sitting there, like, I could have been sitting there the whole time and, like, in a low tone, I could have been like, uh, you know, <laughs> one of those. Like, yeah. This could be really bad. I'm just cringing. This thing was thoroughly entertaining. I literally popped like three or four times, like at the, the punchlines. Yep. And um, I think they, I think they did this in a way. I mean, I think they did this in a way where they still set up for the pay per view. Like and like, no, and nobody had to take any bumps. So that's a win. I was with it for, and so I think this was a win. And I think you know, and the crowd, you know, popped really hard for a few of the pop on the punchlines, and they got out of there. And it, you know, I think it was success. Like you know, I asked you because I I watched, I didn't watch the show live. I watched it the next day. Um, but you told me that online people gave it a thumbs up. I thought this was something where it's like. This might be too, quote-unquote, uh, inside baseball, uh-huh. but... 
Yeah, it they, worked out. They went and, out there and Wale and uh, hosting, uh, it def- dropping the Dom, Don DeMarcos and Smidak and all that <laughs> stuff. Like it was like, wow! Yeah. Only he would have thought to do that. And yeah. for those that you don't that don't understand, like the whole thing with the Don DeMarco is like a DJ, and basically like after like a devastating line, they'll drop that, and the whole crowd is like, you know, they just go crazy for it. It's like a thing in itself. Um, these guys, I feel like, should be credited. I think under the circumstances that you know they were faced with, the Usos murdered them. Um, yeah. The they use that tag team rhyme scheme that you know. I now you remember James a couple months ago. We were talking about how great their promos were, and there were a lot of folks that yeah. just didn't understand their promos, right? I, I that's why I thought like, okay, this could be good on one end. I didn't know of the, I didn't know what. The new they could have said about them, but I thought like given that they cut promos like this, I'm pretty sure there's nobody in the in the writing team that's writing their pro that's writing the Usos promos because like, I mean, how many how many people have ever like written written raps? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like for the writing team, so I figured like they will come with something because that means because clearly they're writing their own shit anyway. Right. And it, and it was getting over it was getting over with me heavy anyway, so. I thought this could be good on. I thought this was gonna be one sided, and it was gonna look bad for the baby faces. But they all acquitted themselves well, right? Uh, or more than well. And even Kofi, where you know, I said there were some dry spots in his verse, but he went the yeah. comedy route, and it worked. And I mentioned in the column. Never battle a funny dude because they're always gonna make make them laugh at you or whatever. And, and no matter how good your rhymes are, the people are laughing at you. That's gonna fuck with you. Um, but yeah, the Usos—they did the whole tag team rhyme scheme, similar to how the, they did the promos, you know, a couple months ago, and how they've been doing them. And it's like speed up because they do not slow down. Like you, you just gotta you gotta train your ear and understand. And like I was really impressed with those guys. Like, yeah. So also, when you talk about their rhyme scheme, you know what their rhyme scheme is. What you mean? Them boys is Jada and, and Ghost. Yeah, they, they was they was acting like it. Jada Kiss and Styles. Yeah, um, they they did the whole DQ thing where you know it was like Wally was saying this is why we can't have nothing. That was great. Um. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in a, in a in a weird way, he was like his touch. The Wale touch on this was so good because anytime they try to sh- or normally when WWE tries to shoot it shoot or shoehorn in some celebrity. It's always, it's always like overbearing that they're the celebrity and they're the real stars and these guys aren't stars. They're not of equal importance. Let's have like let's have uh, like let's have Hugh Jackman when he's not actually playing Wolverine knock out Dolph Ziggler, your amateur wrestler, super uh, you know. So I thought, yeah, you know, while he's in the middle of like selling a robot movie, whatever. Um, but I thought, like, he was really understated. I thought that, like, he didn't overlay his welcome. Like, it didn't ma- Like, you didn't necessarily have to know who Wale was. You didn't enjoy this segment. You didn't. It didn't make. You know, it was all about him. It was actually about the guys. And you know, I thought, I thought they should. You know, in the future, if they do this again, like they have a nice lane to do this again. Like maybe not with Wale again. Like let's say you want to do more different or different rappers over time, like to give them some shine, whatever else. Right. Like, but I thought 
I thought this was a good one. Like, bro, I could imagine like Joe Budden loving to be there for that. You know what I'm saying? Or, or Fabulous or somebody like that. Like somebody that's actually a really a real wrestling fan that's actually like a star that's been a star in the industry before. Right. Like they could do this. It don't even it doesn't it it doesn't have to be somebody that's a suit that's it doesn't have to be Drake or two chains or you know, somebody that's like five times platinum to, to do this, even though five times is not even a thing anymore. Right, you get my, right, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, man. Um yeah, it it was um I was pretty impressed. And and, and kudos to yeah. WWE for getting out the way and realizing they didn't know what the hell um they were doing, uh, and just to leave it to those dudes and basically just move around, move around for the for the Usos in the new day. Part of the equity, like they've done so well for them the past two years, that it's like they're like, trust they us, it's gonna work. Why would you say no? If <laughs> yeah. they if they've done if they've done this well, the opportunity you've given them, why say no when they ask for something after they've done this? You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's why they that's why they let Biz talk and do whatever he wants, pretty much. That's why they let Cena like bury talent on the mic when he needs to get, when he about to go to a go home show or whatever else, like. That's where we are now. That's why they let Stephanie, you know, emasculate everybody. That's why they let, you know, that's why they let Heyman do what he wants. Um, speaking of Cena, Cena returned this week, uh, and it looks like, you know, he was telling folks he's not a part-timer. He's an all-timer. He can go from brand to brand. You know, the rules are different hey. when it comes to John. Hey, John, like, message to Cena. You know, like... You can be both. It's not it's not like a mutually exclusive like concept. Like you can be a part timer and an all timer. Like, for example, Triple H is a part timer and an all timer. What are you doing? Um <laughs> uh... I thought it was cute. I, I really liked his promo uh, when he came back. Just, just showing that fire, and I feel like Cena's really missed from SmackDown. He's a, obviously a huge addition uh, for when he's going to wrestle on their pay-per-views. Uh, it looks like he's going to be facing off against Rusev in a flag match. Now, in the flag match, they've had several of, of the different kinds. They've had them where it's a standard wrestling match, and you pin, and then you just grab the flag after, whatever. Then they've had the ones where you go up and get the flag and then that's the finish which one is this you know what it sounded like which what that one it sounded it sounded like an on a pole match gotcha so in that case you know cena probably could afford to lose this one james just made a face like nigga please john cena's gonna come back after being gone since wrestlemania he's gonna lose to rusev Oh, I mean, if I was booking the territory, you know, I would I would go ahead and, you know, have Cena lose that match, you know, by whoever's going to fight him at SummerSlam jumps out and, and fucks him, and you give Rusev that that win where he grabs a flag, whatever, you know, it, it, it'll get heat, James. It'll get heat. You know what? That you know what? That's true. But they they tend to, but I, I you know, I. I like Rusev has been off TV for like, jeez, I don't even know. Like he's been off TV for like a month when he could have been back. Well, he was doing dark, dark shows and house, house shows and dark matches. So right. like, they left him off TV for like a month. So if, you know, like let's say you know maybe they are they were holding him for Cena, but 
don't know, man. It, it, it seems like the the the, uh, the bloomers off the rose with Rusev. Think like, so? Yeah, like I mean, they might be tired of him because they're tired of Lana. Right, yeah, and apparently with Lana, they've like just buried her six feet deep already. They just beat yeah. her every week, which you know I don't need her to become the women's champion right now or anything. Uh, and also, that's something else we need to get to. Um, Naomi with the new light up championship belt. James, you have some strong opinions about this belt, and I felt that should be talked about on this show. Dude, that belt is incredible. Like to me, it is the best. To me, it is the greatest custom uh, wrestler championship belt of all time. It's better than John Cena's spinner belt. It's better than John Cena's U.S. spinner belt. It's better than the Brahma Bull. It's better than the Smoking Skull. It's better than Ultimate Warriors. Uh, it's better than the na- any of the nameplate belts that they put on the side when, you know, Owens or Roman Reigns or Brock is champion or Charlotte or or uh, Becky or Alexa are champions. Like, it's better, it's better than, like, the, the white intercontinental belt is better than any Ultimate Warriors. It's better than the Ultimate Warriors yellow strap. Like the thing's incredible. Like the way it lights up at different points is glorious. Like I don't know if you watched. Did you watch the match on SmackDown? No, I didn't. Okay, so her entrance it lights up. It like it lights up in quadrants in different colors. Uh-huh. Then it lights. Then it lights up like. In, in, a, in a particular direction, it, at certain different points, it also just stay one solid color. Like it's incredible. Um, it is like the Jericho jacket of, na- of, of championship belts, except like it lights up even in like any crazier ways. Like there was a point where when she hands the title over to the ref to hold it up, present it, and then you know they hand the, the belt or the ref hands it off to the scorekeeper and they zoom out to show the the title uh-huh. graphic. Like right before she handed it out, like it did like this, like this bluish, like this white bluish and gold like color scheme when it's like transferred out, and it looks so, for lack of a better word, it looks so damn beautiful, pretty. Like I would say glorious, but it's somebody's gimmick right now, so I can't really, you know. <laughs> but like it was awesome. And what do you like, make of the backlash against people, like, against this? And I'm shocked. What do you make of this backlash against it? Because I've seen a lot of people, you know, they're they're saying everything from Naomi doesn't even deserve the championship for uh, for to begin with, and then wrestling wrestling's like life. There's no such thing as deserve. <laughs> I mean, if, if if Naomi can't be the women's champion, you know, a belt that it doesn't draw any money, it it's not really important in the grand scheme of things. I don't understand why you're mad. If Jinder Mahal is a world champion, anything else can happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we we had this weekend, it was the New Japan show. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, I've heard, I heard people say, like, the championship belt should not be fucked with or whatever. Or basically, like, you shouldn't do this. Like, you shouldn't do this to the belt. And I'm thinking to myself, y'all not, like, y'all not remember that, like, one of the hottest angles of all time was the fact that, like, The Rock threw this nigga Austin's personal, like, snakeskinned, 
uh, smoking skull belt into the river and threw his ass in there with him. I got one even better he for said, you, James. And, and, and I remember correctly, he said, uh, you, you can take this piece of trash to hell with you. Yeah. After he threw him into water and threw the belt in the river. I, am, I, I, am, I, am, I saying, am I saying this wrong? Am I speaking out of hand on what happened? I've got an even better one for you, James. You know, okay. I wonder if people were, were, were saying this fuck shit when Hollywood Hulk Hogan was spray painting NWO on the fucking belt. <laughs> I forgot about the NWO. Yeah, that's what I thought you were gonna say. I forgot about it. Yes, the the WCW championship was spray painted with NWO on it for the better part of two years. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hearing nothing about no lights ruining no belt. Yeah, Hogan was out there spray painting the spray painting the belt and then spinning to the camera like he was too hot. All eyes on me in theaters now. To the camera, you remember that? Yes. Yes. Um, the the New Japan show uh, in the USA was this weekend. James, did you? Uh, how much of this did you catch? I watched the first day. I did not watch the second day. Not yet. Um, I'm going to get around to it. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, a lot of wrestling. Yeah. A lot of wrestling. It is. It, it, it was two like long shows, but didn't feel long at all. Like it was. It was. You know. The first day I watched the entire show, I've seen almost all of the second day. Um, Meltzer's ratings actually just got released. I'm actually looking at them now. Uh, Him and I disagreed a little bit. It looks like I went a little bit lower than he did uh, on the top three matches. Uh, With Ishii and Naito, he ended up giving it a four and one four. Four and a quarter. I gave it a four. Uh, Omega and Elgin, he gave 4.75. I ended up giving that one like 4.25. I was stuck between 4.25 and 4.5. And uh, I was unsure, so I went with a 4.25. And then Okada and Cody gave it 4.5. I gave that one 4 and a, four and a quarter. Um, I would have gave, I would, okay, so I would have gave, okay, I would have gave Naito and Ishii out, jeez. I'd probably get that four and a half. I would have gave the Omega match in the first night. I would have probably gave that four, four, four and a half. And then um, the Okada Cody match, I would have probably gave that four, four and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like, really enjoyed yeah. the show. Yeah, like and, and for, and for um, people that like maybe if. The if New Japan isn't really your bag, isn't really your cup of tea, like an easy transition for you um, for this show. Would I was just for you guys to look out for the Cody Rhodes versus Okada match. Like that is the app. That is absolutely a a uh, WWE main event to a pay per view show. It's definitely it's like it is one of the better ones you you would see in a year. Definitely, yeah. um, it, it was it was super fun. Everything, everything, everything mattered in quotation marks. Um, it had its, it, it had its run-ins and ridiculous stuff. But, it, but most importantly, it's something WWE doesn't really do as much now. It had its happy ending. Yeah, uh, because not it gave the crowd what it, it gave the crowd what it wanted. That's what, like it gave the crowd why it paid its hard-earned money to go see. 
Right. It like, actually paid that off. And, like, no one wanted to see, you know, uh, Cody Rose go home with that title, and Okada looked like a motherfucking superstar. Like, like we're watching a literal legend, like, square in the middle of, of his greatest reign. Um, you know, this, this year's been incredible for him, and, you know, Omega ended up, you know, in the second half, he ended up being the uh, U.S. champion uh, off of that, uh, defeated Ishii in the finals. Uh, this was a, I feel like it was a banner weekend for New Japan Pro Wrestling in establishing a entry point for folks with New Japan. Uh, I don't think they came with Wrestle Kingdom or Dominion, but it was damn close. Like, it was as good as, you know, anything WWE's put out this year. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the weird thing about it is, like, this has been a really good year, pay-per-view-wise, for WWE. Um, like, wrestling-wise, I mean, obviously, booking decisions or whatever for the in- finishes of matches or whatever, but, like, this has been a pretty good year so far. Like, there hasn't really been a dud pay-per-view. Normally, we, normally, seeing that we're now in Fastlane was pretty bad. Sorry, which one? Fastlane was pretty bad. Is that the only one, though? Uh, Money in the Bank was pretty bad. Money in the Bank had good wrestling. Okay, the finishes are what the or what, what was the problem for the wrestling. Um, so, but so yeah, that's still fair. I would say for Money in the Bank, I would say like if there were better, if there was better booking done in that for finishes in that pay per view, it would have been a far better pay per view. Payback was pretty bad. Which one? Payback. Excuse me, not payback. payback well, not payback. Uh, uh, backlash. That was pretty bad. Like where they yeah, had well, Nak- no. they had Nakamura out there come out there mail it in. They had AJ Styles and Kevin Owens go to a count out and they put the world title on Jinder Mahal. That's a bad show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and so, they sub three star main event. Maybe maybe I'm wrong on that because I didn't watch it. I didn't watch pay per view. Gotcha. Like I didn't watch Extreme Rules either, but I heard good things about Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules was, was cool. But like. Okay, I retract what I said. I was wrong on that. I take that back. Never mind. I think last year was a really great year on WWE. This year has like been like fairly. It's like headed towards good. Like they have a chance to I feel like. Like it's been better than most of the like so far in the first half of the year. I feel like it's been like the, as far as the overall cards pay per views. I feel like overall. I mean, maybe I'm, because I'm missing two, mm-hmm. but like I feel like it's like been better overall than some some of these years we've, we've covered WWE. Uh huh. In the um, first half, at least, like two, think of two thousand, uh, think of two thousand thirteen, for example. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, two thousand thirteen on pay per view was weird. TV was really great, but pay per view wasn't. So, um, I'm trying to think what else do we have to cover. Oh yeah, Kenny Omega is a motherfucking uh, legend as well. Uh, He's, he's crowned the first U.S. champion. I think I mentioned it briefly, but he's going to be defending the title in Ring of Honor and elsewhere. Um, between him and Okada, they're going to be facing each other in the G1 uh, coming up next month. And they, between these two guys, like, those are your top two guys. You, you can't lose. Like, you just can't. I don't know if there's a better combination in a company today. You, you might want to go John Cena, AJ Styles, but what Okada and like 
uh, and Omega are doing. They're pushing the art form to new levels uh, that we haven't seen. At some point, we're going to have to start putting those guys right in there with the Shawn Michaels, the Kurt Angles, the Bret Hart's, and all those guys because that time is coming fast. So I don't want anybody to freak out when uh, when it's like, yeah, who's who's the greatest wrestler of all time? Kenny Omega. Like I don't want to, I want, I don't want to hear that shit. Like he can't be the greatest wrestler of all time. Like I, I just don't. Like <laughs> so. Well, I mean, to me, he can't be because like Okada. But you know, I get your point. Yeah, like he's like they're gonna be right there fighting for it. Like so. You know, let, let's enjoy these dudes and enjoy enjoy this rise and stop hating. You know, uh, uh, you know, and move around. You know, for the for the young for the young dudes. I mean, uh, like for so for me, like New Japan is still not my my bag. Like I check, I, I drop in and out on it, right? Like I drop in. Oh, check this out, James. Okay. Oh, I just saw a Meltzer rating that was, you know, it's check it out or whatever else. Like, I'm not, you know, I I, I didn't watch all of Dominion. You know, like, I, I, but, like, the thing for me is, in this, I, like, I kind of have, like, the same approach with NXT. Like, I drop in from time to time. Like, I'll see, I'll watch their big show or watch something from their big, sh- from their shows that are noteworthy. And then, like, I'll, you know, follow it a little bit by like hitting up a wiki and like looking at like looking at what happened as far as storyline and like maybe you know because i'm not living and dying with the product every single day Uh or every single week like wwe but i really enjoy i really enjoy my time whenever i do watch new japan like i don't really have like the kind of downs that i have with wwe I mean, or with the WWE main roster. And I mean, that same can be said for NXT. And I think maybe, I think that's the dangerous part for WWE in the future is like, it's really easy to like, just drop off and not watch Raw or SmackDown and you have the network. So you just check out the pay-per-view and then like, you can drop off again and go back and not have to watch five hours TV. If you can just hit up a quick wiki or just watch the video package that you show because you don't have to sit through like, you know, the the forty percent of the storyline that makes no fucking sense or is stupid or is a waste <laughs> of time, and you just get that 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 you know the concentrate of the good stuff that they were actually going for. But because there's so much TV, everything's overexposed, and the we we television is uneven that you're just left unsatisfied. Like it's 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 an easier it's easier reward system. Maybe that's the way to go. Like if you're if you're not, you know, us as cat or any of our friends that are actually like trying to cover this thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe it's just like that much easier. Oh man. Um, yeah, I, I I love New Japan. I can't wait for the G1. I'm gonna try to watch as much of it as possible. Um, I think that's just a good place to wrap up for today. Unless there's anything else that we uh, need to cover. Nothing. I think we left it off at a good point. Like James saying that, like it's a complete waste of time for us to be doing what we're doing. Like what we're doing is futile. We'd be so much, like we'd be so much happier in our, in our like <laughs> entertainment lives if we just didn't watch as much of this crap as we watch. 
Man, like, yeah, I think that's where we leave it off. We leave it on a on a, on a somber note, on a downer yeah. note. Yeah, yeah. Quit watching so much, you know. <laughs> yeah, we leave it. We leave it like Eminem album, just downer, just a downer. Yep. Uh, yeah. So uh, make sure you guys check out uh, my Ladders Lariat columns. I put out. Uh, I want to say five of them over the last like two weeks or so I've been at a, writing at a hellacious pace I don't know how I, I found a way to write them while I was at work so I'm a real savage right now James not only <laughs> yes <laughs> so um yeah uh, check those out make sure you guys um, are looking at socialsuplex.com so you can see Jeremy's fantasy G1 uh, preview like you want to add in James yeah do you remember the picture I sent you when you told me that you were looking for uh, audio plugins for uh, for Pro Tools at work on the work computer? Yes, I do. I think that needs to be the front. I think like that's that's how black you are doing that shit. You say like, yeah, you know, I'm writing I'm writing articles while on the, while on the clock. Yes. So you need to put that needs oh, to be that man. picture. I'll send it to you again, but that picture needs to be uh, the the cover for this week's episode. Sure, why not? Why not? Um, uh, make sure you guys. I will be on uh, Chad Matthews show next week uh, to cover. You know, after every Raw pay per view to cover Great Balls of Fire with him. Then we'll be back here next week. We might have One Nation live this week. You know, we can figure that out. Uh, so look out for it. We will let you know before, so you can you know get where you need to get to be able to check out uh, the, the live version of the show. Uh, and I'm going to set up that account in the meantime, uh, so you guys can just do a quick call in, uh, say what you want to say, then hang the fuck up because we're not calling <laughs> or we will hang up on you because you know it, we're not trying to have all these back and forth, you know. But. Um, yeah, enjoy. Oh, uh, condolences to Dave Meltzer. Uh, he lost his father this week uh, from One Nation Radio. We got friends over there. Uh, what's up, Mike? Um, and we are going to wrap it up. Anything else we need to add, James? Nah. All right, man. Peace. Holla. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.